You're listening to the Real Estate Runway Podcast, powered by Quattro Capital, where we are all about alternative business and investment strategies to help you amplify life and maximize wealth. Here's your host, the recovering engineer turned multifamily investor, Chad Sutton. Real Estate Runway family, I have a very interesting and alternative investment strategy to talk about today. Our friend from Horizon Capital, Akil Jabbar, is a Canadian who has done some real estate investing and quite frankly, before he discovered how to go bigger in real estate, decided that single family rentals were just not making enough money for him. So he started to look to other asset classes with a similar model. So he's actually going to talk to us today about B2B SaaS companies. That's business to business software as a service. So think about Zoom. Think about WhatsApp. You know, think about some of those those major now these are major apps that have gone public, but his company acquires young software startups that have hit about 500,000 in annual recurring revenue and then syndicates them just like you would a real estate investment and applies certain growth playbooks and value add strategies to grow that business and generate a return. So if nothing else, you'll hear how other asset classes are using similar strategies to what we use in real estate to aggregate private equity together and generate a better return for everyone. Without further ado, here's Akil Jabbar. Let's take it away. All right, Real Estate Runway family, welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Runway podcast. I'm your host, Chad Sutton, and I'm joined today with Akil Jabber. Akil is an expert in growth marketing strategy and capital raising for B2B SaaS SaaS companies. We'll let him explain what that is. He is the founder and investment director at Horizon Capital, previous CEO at $99 Social, and the host of the SaaS District podcast. So without further ado, Akil, welcome to the show. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm good, Chad. Thank you so much for having me on today. Good. Akil, you're a, you're a little bit different of a guest than we typically have on here. And I know occasionally we talk about other asset classes than just real estate related acquisition, rehab, or development. So before we get into that, tell us a little bit about who Akil is and how you came to the position that you are. And then we'll talk about what this B2B SaaS company concept really is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so quick background on myself. I'm actually a petroleum engineer turned entrepreneur. So I worked in the white collar industry for, for several years and I made that full-time leap almost seven years ago into entrepreneurship. But even you know, a while back in university, actually that's when I launched my first business at the time. It was a recruitment firm uh, where I was helping hire, hiring tech talent for, for many startups around the world. But my passion was always around how do I increase my cash returns from the money I was making to essentially replace my income, right? So I think a lot of people you know, think about passive income or active income and they find ways of you know, where to deploy their capital to you know, eventually replace their income and you know, have that freedom of independence. So I actually started investing in the stock market when I was about 17 years old. And I learned a lot of hard mistakes, right? Like what I learned quickly after a couple of you know losses was that, A, you don't have control over so many factors, right? When you're trying to pick stocks, you know, business can be affected by, you know, turmoil or news or, or you know, uh, you know, macroeconomic factors or politics. And then you, know, you can plummet your, your stock overnight, right? Uh, and then second of all, you're competing with guys on Wall Street who have a lot more sophisticated technology. They have algorithms. They have that experience where they're picking, you know, better deals to invest in, you know, better than you can, right? That's like, you know, deciding to go pick up, play, pick up basketball against LeBron James. Like, you know, you're just gonna, you're not, you're not gonna win, right? So that's that's when I actually came across the book Cashflow Quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki, which I think a lot of your 
audience are familiar with. But I learned about you know investing in cash generating assets, controlling your own income, time, and then obviously you know leveraging debt effectively. So I'd use some of the cash I saved at the time and I started investing in some real estate in Canada. So I actually still have some of those. So I bought my first one and then my second one. And you know, at this time I'm about I'm about 25 years old and I felt like this was too slow for me. Like I'm 25, I want results fast, right? Like you, you know how it is when you're at that age, you just don't have the, the patience. You know, you're making a few hundred dollars a year, you save it, you're like all, right, all that work and then you know I'm only making a few hundred uh, you know in terms of cash flow. I still think real estate is great. And you know, I'm, I'm sure people listening in can, you know, probably have better opinion on where I should have put that. You know, traditional residential wasn't probably the, the best way. I, you know, I never looked into multi-units or commercial. Maybe that could have been, you know, something more, more lucrative. But I, but I still think it's good. I still hold on to it. I look at more of a long-term investment, maybe, you know, 15, 20 years uh, down the line, you know, it's, it's something more valuable for me. Then I kind of invested in a physical business at that time. So I actually bought a physical franchise gym in Canada. And that's where I learned about recurring revenue, churn, LTV, local marketing. But I still felt, felt the limitation of that model, right? So the, the problem with having a franchise or a physical retail location is you're super dependent on one location. I think just, just like same, I would say with real estate, you know, you have a kind of a certain location of how you can manage it. And second of all, it's super expensive to scale, right? Every time you want to open a next location, you're looking at, you know, half a million, a million dollars. But, you know, comparing to real estate, I think it's a little quicker for, from, you know, my experience. I look at it, you know, maybe a five or 10 year return on your investment. And that's when I learned about... Around that time, I learned about digital and online businesses. Uh, and I bought my first online business at the time from a broker called Empire Flippers. And I bought an affiliate website at the time. I think it was, it was, it was a small website. I think I paid like less than $50,000 and I was hooked. Right. So I saw like, Hey, I was actually making money online from my computer and I was getting checks every, every month. I learned about conversion rate optimization, SEO, hiring teams, remotely affiliate marketing, email marketing, all that fun stuff. Um, and that's around what, around the time when I quit my job at the time and I joined another firm called wide investors. And, and at the time they were doing the same thing. What, what I, what I was doing, you know, with, with these online businesses and they're building a portfolio of companies, but they were doing it with bigger, you know, seven figure acquisitions. So, so I joined them at the time. And then after, you know, helping them raise some capital, investing in some deals, took on the role of being CEO of a company called $99 Social, where within you know five months of that acquisition, uh, I was able to double the earnings of the company. And uh, you know eventually from there, I moved up to be group CEO of all the SaaS companies where I was working closely with the CEOs and helping them you know implement different growth strategies. Uh, and then about two years ago, I actually left that group and I decided to focus on launching Horizon Capital, where we really only focus on B2B SaaS companies as our expertise. And funny enough, when I started Horizon, the goal is no longer, you know, focus on cash flow. Uh, yes, we provide, you know, double, triple digit returns for our investors and on every deal. But the focus is really about how do we empower entrepreneurship through a different path, which is through, you know, uh, entrepreneurship through acquisition and buying companies, you know, helping them scale and take their business to the next level and being there to, to support them. So that's kind of a mean in a nutshell. Highly interesting, Akil. So Let's take a next step into this here. So, you know, we obviously talk about real estate a lot on this show, but if you listen to the intro or the tagline of the show, we also get into alternative assets. There, there is more, there are more ways to make money, everyone here, than just real estate acquisitions. Now they are tax advantaged. You know, we do get losses from them, things of that sort, but there are other asset classes where you can deploy capital and see, I think I heard you say triple digit returns and kind of supplement that portfolio a little bit. So Help us understand what exactly a B2B SaaS company is and why you chose that particular style of asset to acquire. Mm. So in terms of, you know, why I decided, you know, B2B SaaS, I think it just came out of interest. You know, I think to be able to find out what you, what you want and what's interesting to you and what, you know, gets you excited every day, 
you have to go through, uh, you know, different stages of, you know, trying out different, different, uh, you know, jobs or positions or roles and knowing what you don't want, right. By, by finding out what you don't want, you then eventually find what you want. So once I, once I learned about, you know, B2B SaaS, working with those type of companies, uh, I really decided to double down, focus on it and, you know, really try to be, you know, an expert in that one area. You know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, people who, who work in real estate, you know, they probably do commercial real estate and, you know, Florida, you know, by, by the beach or whatever it is, but, you know, they have that kind of niche and they figure out, you know, a system that works for them and they know how to leverage it and, you know, get the best returns. But, you know, you know, if you're jumping from real estate to commercial to, you know, all over all different kinds of assets, I think you may, you may lose some efficiencies and, you know, you have to learn a new thing every single time. In terms of what SaaS is, it basically stands for software as a service. So it's, it, you, you probably see this on your, you know, you're, you're looking, we're using Zoom right now. That's considered a SaaS. You know, there's, you open up your phone, you're using all these software. Basically think of it as a service where you have a bunch of code being written or algorithms written for you. That's doing, you know, all these ninjas in the back, doing the work for the service on a 24 seven basis. So basically, you know, service, but it's, it's done kind of an automated fashion. So hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And so it, you're really investing in companies where not necessarily a brick and mortar business and not necessarily a service industry where you have manual labor doing that service, right? Rather you have something like a zoom or like a chat service or, you know, WhatsApp, something like that. I'm sure if you had been the one to buy those companies, you'd be very well off right now. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about this. So, you know, a lot of our listeners are investors, right? And and we, we all collectively invest in each other's real estate projects, things of that sort. So we're all pretty well accustomed to this model of think about a piece of real estate, especially a piece of operating commercial or multifamily real estate as a business you're buying. It's a business with a hard asset. And the service we are providing is to provide quality, safe, and affordable housing that people will pay rent for, and we will hire people to maintain and fix up. So that, so think of it as a, you buy a property from a mom and pop operator that's not being efficiently run. The systems are poor. You know, you don't have the right people in place. The hard asset is out of date and needs updating. So we're all pretty well familiar with how you go in and you inject capital, you implement operational efficiencies, you implement new sheriff and town rules, and you start spending money to increase the the value, the market, the market intrinsic value of the product in, in terms of what it's willing to rent for and sell for. Have you heard about the Multifamily Investor Nation Summit coming up on January 20th? If you've never been, it's a three-day information-packed event for multifamily investors with over 1,000 attendees and over 50 speakers. Not only will you hear from experts about finding deals, raising capital, underwriting strategies, selecting markets, and so much more, but this year, our partners here at Quattro Capital are excited to be participating with three speakers at the event. Our amazing Kim Winland will be speaking on the often neglected subject of asset management, how to make the machine hum. While our most interesting man in real estate, Maurice Philogene, will be speaking on how to leave your corporate job for a freedom lifestyle. I personally will even be speaking on the topic of how to perform due diligence on multifamily assets before you purchase them and the not so common things to watch out for. Go to MFINSummit.com to grab your ticket and use promo code Quattro to get $100 off of your full access pass. Whether you are new to multifamily investing or a seasoned investor, you do not want to miss this event. Join Team Quattro at the Multifamily Investor Nation Summit. Visit MFINSummit.com, promo code Quattro. That's MFINSummit.com, promo code Quattro.
There's a similar concept when acquiring any company for that matter, but specifically a B2B SaaS. So what does that business model kind of look like? How are you adding value to generate returns for your investors? Yeah, that's a good point. So, I mean, that's the difference with, you know, any online business, you don't have that physical, you know, hard asset behind it. And it's hard to, you know, a couple of things. One is probably, you know, getting leverage. You know, I think what what makes the return so nice with real estate is, you know, you could probably leverage, you know, sometimes 80, 90, even more percent of the deal. Now now there's a lot more, you know, finance uh, people the space who, who are getting interested in, you know, uh, lending to, to, to businesses without having that physical asset. So you can actually get maybe, you know, SBA loans are even uh, interested in, in looking at some of these deals. Um, you know, they have a higher criteria, but you know, still, still an option in terms of, you know, what we do to increase the value. Well, you know, think about it from, you know, real estate, you said it's poorly managed. Maybe they, you know, they're, they're not doing anything to, you know, optimize, you know, the, the, the feel, the vibe, the, you know, it's outdated, you know, they're, they're not, you know, giving the right attention. They're not, they don't have a good filtering process for bringing on the right tenants. Same with us. So like, we'll look at a deal. We'll look at the opportunity. The, the main thing, you know, we have like a, a over 200 point checklist and then we'll have a, we'll create a scorecard based off that. But typically when, when a founder is coming to us and they've built a product, they, they're really, they're normally really good at building product. Like they're, uh, I would say, I, I don't know what, you know, what's the equivalent in real estate, maybe the designer, the, you know, the architect or, you know, whoever, they just get so obsessed in terms of building or even the builders, but they're not good at marketing or growth. And you know, they, they've kind of grown organically. They've built a really, really good product, but they just haven't been able to get it to market and you know, reach a bigger potential. The thing is with real estate and with physical businesses, you're very uh, restricted in terms of who you can rent it out to, who you can generate income from, right? Like unless, you know, maybe Airbnb, uh, you know, you're reaching a bigger market of travelers, but in general, you know, you have a geographical restriction. With SaaS, typically, you know, the, almost the whole world is your market, um, depending on, on language restrictions and whatnot. But, you know, let's say you, you can sell to you know, at least, you know, all of North America, uh, depending on, on the product, but you know, generally, generally you have a lot, a lot big, bigger market. So our expertise is like, okay, you haven't done much marketing. You've built a decent product. Um, it's growing. You know, our, our minimum threshold is you're doing at least, you know, 500 K in annual recurring revenue. And then we say, okay, we're going to start putting in these, these growth playbooks, like, you know, P- PPC and paid marketing SEO, uh, conversion rate optimization. And then we have all these different areas of which, you know, integrations and, and press releases and all these different things that are going to get you more visibility, more traffic, more leads, more sales, and then ultimately, you know, grow uh, revenue at the top line and, and returns for investors. Yeah, it's fantastic. So, so, you know, you really, you said a couple of buzzwords there that I love from my previous life and, and corporate America and things of that sort, growth playbooks, right? You have a couple of, of quite literally playbooks of, of areas where you can implement value and increase the subscribers or users of a given product and therefore increase revenues and revenues. And this is so in our world, net operating income is how we're valued, you know, in terms of, of what someone's willing to buy or sell or trade the asset for. I'm assuming that's the same in this world, right? You're, you're, you're valued and, and looked at what you can uh, evaluate for leverage, things of that sort based on your net operating income. Is that true? So with the, with an online business, like a content website, for example, or like an e-commerce store, they'll, they'll typically look at your EBITDA. Okay. Yep. I think it'll probably be pretty similar. In SaaS specifically, it's a little different. We look at ARR, which is your annual recurring revenue, and we'll base it off that. And the reason is you'll typically have companies who are break even, but they're growing so fast that they're just reinvesting all, all the money into growth. So, um, you know, there is that kind of a calculation where, you know, growth is a big uh, factor in your, your calculation evaluation. So, you know, the faster you're growing, the higher your value, because, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of postponing the returns for a couple of years down the line, but you know, the, the return is going to pay off a lot quicker. So that's, that's how we evaluate. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Well, so tell us for an investor, let's talk about A for an investor and B for a business owner, right? So for an investor, what does it look like to work with you? And, and what does one see in terms of a an investment opportunity where one could inject some capital, see X, Y, and Z happen, and then get a return out of it? Yeah. So our, our investment thesis, we, we try to hold the business, you know, for at least, you know, three to five years, you know, the, the way we structure it, we actually have an, a horizon kind of SaaS investment club. So if you want to apply, you, can, you know, you can go to our website and, and check that out. And basically how it works with, you know, the investors and in what we work with, we have a deal, we do our kind of high level due diligence. We negotiate the, the terms, make sure it's the right fit. We know there's opportunity. We understand all the risks. And then once we get to a point where we're, we feel comfortable that we have a deal, we circulate it out to our investment club and say, Hey, look, this is the deal. This is the structure, you know, we're buying it for $2 million. We're doing a 20% earn out at, you know, 10% seller retention or, or note. And, you know, the rest will be, will be in, in equity. And we're looking to raise, let's say a million dollars on this. And then our typical, you know, check size are coming in from investors. We take anywhere between hundred to 300 K is generally what we work with. And we pull that capital, we, we deploy it. And then we come in as the operator and, and, you know, start applying the playbook. Generally the first year we're taking all the, the uh, profits and reinvesting it into growth. And then after that, we're, we're kind of distributing every quarter back to, to investors. And typically, you know, our returns we're seeing is, you know, on a cash on cash basis is, you know, upwards of 30, 40, you know, 40% to IRR, which is, which is pretty nice. Yeah, fantastic. So that's one way to make money as an investor. Now, if you are an individual who maybe has created a software as a service company, what does it look like to work with you in terms of, a, I'm not sure if this would be a merger, an acquisition, a buyout, help me understand what that would be for that business owner. Yeah, well, we're pretty flexible. And, you know, when it comes to working with founders, like generally, you know, we find a lot of founders who don't want to sell or they want to stay on board and they're still excited. Like there's three places where they'll come to us, right? The one they've built a really good product and they've, they've been working on this for five, six, seven years, and they're just burnt out. Like they're like, Hey, you know, this is my first time as an entrepreneur, I built a really good business. I'm ready to exit, you know, cash out on all my hard work and that's fine. We'll, we'll take over. The other side is, you know, the ones who are, you know, multi kind of entrepreneurs and, and they're working on so many things and they just want to work, you know, go from one thing, they build it and they sell it and they work on the next thing which is fine. And then, you know, so they're, they're coming to us to say, look, I've got this baby. I've been working on it. Uh, we just make sure, you know, we, we feel, we, you know, we give you the, the respectable valuation, give you a good deal. If you want to stay on board, that's entirely up to you. We'll kind of negotiate, you know, sometimes we've had people stay around for, for about a year or so, you know, as part of their earn out or part of an agreement to help us, you know, they focus on the, on the product and we focus on the growth, but generally, you know, within, you know, if we, if we get to an, an agreement and we feel everything's in line, uh, you know, so I think similar to, to real estate, you know, we sign an LOI, start a due diligence period, takes about, you know, 60 days and then. Uh, we're closing and, and, you know, transferring assets in, in this specific asset. It's different. You don't have a physical, you know, you don't hand over the keys, uh, you hand over the domain, uh, which is your website. And then you hand over the code base and your email list and all the, the contracts and whatnot that, that go with, you know, the payments and whatnot. A very interesting. I'm very intrigued, Akil. So I think from that perspective, it makes sense what you're doing. And so how can our listeners get involved with what you're doing? Okay. So th maybe there's a couple of ways. I mean, if you're, you're an investor, I mean, we're, we're going to be raised like right now we're doing every deal yeah. on a deal by deal basis, right? We've got a company, a million dollars. We're going to pay, you know, two and a half million for it. And then we're going to go out and re, you know, uh, raise the capital on a deal by deal. We're using a bit of debt. Like we have a good partner. Maybe we can come in for maybe 40 or 50% of it, which is nice to get that leverage returns. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're also, you know, probably in the end, by the end of the year, we're going to raise an actual, you know, fund, uh, probably a couple of million dollars to, you know, do this a little more efficiently and, and, you know, spread the capital across a couple of deals. 
But I mean, if, if listeners are looking in to invest on some deals, we're happy to, to speak with you. You can you know apply to be a part of our investment club. The other side is if you want to be, you know, if, if you have experience in tech and you want to be an operator, you know, maybe we, we, we can help you out and maybe you can get involved in, in terms of you know, being more management and, and some of the deals we're looking at as well. Fantastic. And Akhil, I'm, I'm a little off the cuff here. I don't know if you're able to disclose this, but <laughs> are you able to talk about any, any of the past acquisitions, any names that our audience would know or any, anything that, uh, that you could divulge? I mean, I mentioned one, which was $99 social. I mean, if, if you want to look at that, uh, a couple of deals, you can look at social tools is another one, socialteals.me. Longtail Pro, it's a keyword research tool, maybe used for SEO. Uh, and right now we're actually working with a company called postalytics.com. Actually, this might be interesting for a lot, a lot of your listeners, maybe doing direct mail, because we actually real estate is a, a big market for us. Direct mail directly from your, your, your computer. So you log in, you're able to create it like you're using a, you know, MailChimp and you can mail it out anywhere in the US. You know, it doesn't matter if you're sending one piece of mail or you know, 10,000 and it's, it's scheduled out and syncs with your CRM. It's it's a pretty sweet tool. That's pretty handy and great example of software as a service. No matter what industry you're in, there's probably some or many software tools that are enabling more efficient work in that space. That's fantastic. So Akil, let's transition real quick to the Quattro Trio, three questions we ask every guest on the show. So if you had to pick one superpower in your business or industry, what would it be? So I think this has kind of been developed over time. I think I used to be very opportunistic and you're just focusing on the growth and the opportunity. But I think I've, I've learned to step back and look at everything as, as, you know, from the risk perspective, what are the risks and what, how can we mitigate it? And, you know, that takes a lot of effort and clear thinking of being able to say no to deals and understanding, you know, walk away even after spending all the time and money into digging in. So I think I've learned really, I think my superpower is probably learning to say no after, you know, looking at stuff, no matter how, how invested I feel I am. Very important. The power of no. So give us some dirt, Akhil. What is your biggest failure to date and what did it teach you? I, I can talk about an inv uh, investment mistake. So actually one of the deals I bought was a, a actually the affiliate website I bought a couple of years ago. A lot of the income was actually generated through Google ads. So, you know, it, it received a lot of traffic and it was, you know, you know, based on a percentage of those people coming to the website would click on the ads. It was generating a couple thousand dollars a month from it, which was, was pretty nice. But what I found was that that one page generating over 50% of the traffic. So that's something I've learned really quickly is like, don't you know invest in deals where, you know, 30, 40, 50%, generally I look at 30%, anything over 30% where, you know, it comes from one source of revenue, whether that's in B2B SaaS and that's one client or, you know, one webpage that gets all the traffic or one, you know, type of, uh, uh, you know, product that makes all, you know, most of your sales. I think that's kind of considered high risk. And I think you want to, you want to make sure to diversify. Uh, so, so my mistake there was, you know, trusting that that one page would rank and, and continue to generate traffic for, for a long time, but, you know, learn the hard way that uh, that's not the case. Yeah. And you can think about that as, you know, the difference in risk profile and buying a, a 100 unit apartment complex or a five unit or a five unit commercial deal where you have one anchor tenant that's 90% of your revenue. Right. So it's the same kind of situation. Exactly. All right. Well, if our listeners wanted to get in touch with you, what is the best way? You can you know, check us out at our website, horizoncapitalencapital.com, or you can connect with me on, on Twitter at Akil Jabbar or, or LinkedIn. Either works with me. All right. Fantastic. Well, Akil, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you for coming on and talking about an alternative asset class that our listeners can investigate and dabble in and maybe come to you as an expert. It's been a pleasure having you on today. No, thank you so much, Chad. It was nice chatting with you. All right, everyone. This has been another episode of the Real Estate Runway Podcast. Over and out. How is your company managing your capital raising process? Syndication Pro is the number one solution to help real estate syndicators and fund managers automate fundraising, investor relations, and reporting. 
Syndication Pro is a solution that is trusted by hundreds of firms, large and small, with billions being managed within the platform. Here at Quattro Capital, we have seen a drastic improvement in our ability to provide better customer support to our investors, a co-sponsor module to our alliance partners when partnering on new acquisitions, ACH distributions, an SEC compliance CRM, and even the ability to take soft reservations on upcoming projects. Look for the link in the show notes to try Syndication Pro risk-free for seven days. We hope this episode was insightful and brought value to your day. If so, please be awesome and leave us a five-star review. Find out how Team Quattro can help you at thequattroway.com. Until next time, this is the Real Estate Runway Podcast.